Welcome to the next message in our series on reviving our finances. In the first messages, we, we heard about stewardship being the spiritual principle that we apply to ownership. And we heard about sacrifice being the spiritual principle we apply to giving. Well, now I'll we'll look at a couple of others. And one of them is setting aside. And setting aside is the spiritual principle we apply to savings. What do you, where does savings fit in your world? Because it's interesting. It's interesting that savings is something that is probably was a bit of an old-fashioned way of approaching approaching things. Because um, in the in the past, you'd save up for the storms of life, and you'd save up in case things came your way that you had to to, to deal with. You'd set aside. Uh, in the day of overdrafts on credit cards and all these things, or, or, or money wizards, or all these, all, we sort of we think about the challenges that we face. We don't set aside for them because we think we can actually get to credit for them. Oh, can I share with you a personal testimony? For Rachel and I, um, our life of setting aside is, has been amazing because we've actually done it through actually paying down our loans, our home loans, quickly. So we would give 10% of our income to, to God's work and then, from, and then we would give above that for different initiatives and, and, and we would seek to set aside 10% of our income to increase our mortgage payments. 40, we, we would aim to 40% if we could of our budget would go to our mortgage payments and then 40% would be on spending. But we, we tried to, to sort of designate that almost that, that 20% of our world, that tie, that giving to God and that setting aside. We, we connect that in with our mortgage and then we had the rest of it was our 40% or sometimes it was 30 because the mortgage was a bit bigger. The rest of it, that's what we lived on. And we're going to talk about what you, how you deal with that 30% with simplicity as a spiritual discipline or as a yeah, spiritual um, principle when it comes to what we spend. But right now we're talking about that saving space. And can I say to you, because we've done that, that has enabled us in the most incredible ways. That setting aside has enabled us to meet challenges in life financially that came, to empower the callings that God's had in our life. And I can I encourage you, I don't know how you do it, you might put it in a bank account or you might pay down your loan or however you do it. Setting aside is a really, really important thing. You may not have a house or anything like that, so it might be in a it may be in a savings account, but setting aside is a principle I'd love for us to recapture. My favorite part of the Bible where this happens is in Joseph. And let me read you from Joseph 41, verse 33. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. And this is after Joseph's interpreted some dreams that there'll be seven years of prosperity and seven years of famine. Let, let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the severe years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good, it says in verse 37, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man with man, one in whom is the Spirit of God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God made all this known to you, there's no one so discerning and wise as you. Love that. 
Love that. A lot of people uh, who in life are, are in business and, that's, and Christians in business, they love Joseph. Joseph is a bit of a role model for them because he uses his skills and he, and he, he has a spiritual revelation and then he gives a, a practical application of what could be done and he uses the spiritual, spiritual principle of setting aside, saving for the future storms that they knew would come. We will always have storms that come. And I don't know how you set aside as a spiritual principle for those, but I encourage you to do that. Set aside, let me read to you from Proverbs chapter 6. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. That's a cool word, sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a bandit. In other words, here we've got the ant who is not told to go and store up, but naturally goes, I need to store up. I need to work hard to store up or to set aside in life so that when the storms come, I'll be provided for or the colony will be provided for. I don't know whether you thought, Imagine if, if you came to me and said, oh, I have struggle saving. And I said, oh, you sluggard. I don't even know what sluggard works. <laughs> but um, I won't do that, by the way. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We learn from the ants, the Bible says in Proverbs. We learn from Joseph. But setting aside actually will prepare us for the storms of life. The other thing that setting aside does, does it helps us fight against, instant, against self-gratification. An instant gratification. Proverbs 21, 20 says, in, in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. What it's saying is, when the time of plenty comes, do we just consume it? The Bible says that's what a foolish person does. But a wise person during, during the good times, during the times of prosperity, sets aside sets aside for, for the future. It's actually a, it's called delayed gratification. If my wife was here on this video, she'd be saying, I love delayed gratification. We have a, it, it, at night we finish dinner and all the rest of it. And, and she always says to all of us in the household, let's clean up everything before we sit down and relax. She said, delayed gratification, people, delayed gratification. Whereas I'll go, oh, I'll clean up later. And then Rachel says, we don't want to be doing that at the end of the night. Let's get it done now. Delayed gratification so you can truly relax. Setting aside, to apply it to our finances, setting aside fights, fights that instant gratification and, and enables us to be a lot more at peace. It actually creates peace for us. Setting aside enables generosity, another principle. Okay, um, It creates the opportunity for us to bless others. So one of the things about our, our weekly giving, our, our 10% tithe, or, or, and I'm not going to get all bent out of shape about 10%, but our weekly giving is our consistent faithful giving to the kingdom of God. If we set aside, special moments come up, special opportunities to invest in God's kingdom come up, and we can give out of that. So it can be used for the storms of life, but it can also be used to enhance the kingdom of God. And the final one, which I think is really important, and it's been a testimony in our own lives, because uh, Rachel and I have always paid down our loans as quick as we can um, from the very first house that we had. 
It's actually enabled us to walk into new spaces and fresh callings um, without burdens. It's enabled us to be here where we are right now because um, we set aside. We didn't consume all we had. It's meant we've driven old cars and all sorts of stuff like that. We've worn clothes out and I'll get onto simplicity in a moment. But setting and salad empowers our calling. If you put resources to, to the side, your calling will be empowered. I know when, when, when I moved out of my job as an electrician into Bible college, we'd set aside and set aside, set aside. It got to Bible college and we'd, we'd set aside enough money to finance us through our Bible college, to pay our fees. And all, all, all then I had to do was figure out how to live. And I didn't even know. I think Oz study existed. I was an apprentice. I'd never been to uni or never... Tr- or anything like that. And suddenly I'm doing this, um, I guess, this advanced education at Bible college. And they said, are you going to apply for Ausstudy? I went, what's Ausstudy? And they said, well, it's like a, an allowance that you can have. We had Ausstudy for four years of Bible college. We paid all our fees because we'd set aside and then said God had provided this amazing mechanism for us to eat. It was so cool. And then we could pour all our energy into ministry and church and investing in his kingdom but it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't set aside and that enabled that empowered our calling so setting aside is the spiritual principle applied to saving saving when it turns into hoarding or we put our security in that um that, that, that's not this principle of setting aside i could have called this principle saving but it's more than that it's setting aside for storms of life, to defy instant gratification, to empower our calling and to be generous to others. Good rule of thumb, about 10% of our income. The final one, the final spiritual principle is simplicity. Simplicity is the spiritual principle applied to spending. I wonder what your financial position is right now. There's four positions we can find ourselves financially. Let me read them to you. Crisis. Crisis where we're swamped and sinking fast. We're thinking of solutions like bankruptcy. Um, we're, ta- we're, we're thinking of solutions like I'm going to throw in some money into some gambling and maybe we're going to get out of this. I'm going to buy lottery tickets. We're having things that are on the verge of being repossessed. We're finding our family, we are finding our families are having to go without basic shelter, education, food. Our debt is is heading up and to the right. We've, we're actually in crisis. That's not normal. And we need to come out of that. We need to seek help about that and be humble in doing that. Because from time to time, people end up in crisis. We do. We end up in crisis. Maybe the financial position we find ourselves is one pay from disaster. We live from week to week on our pay, which is maxed out in expenses. Our debt is too high. Our, our, it consumes our income will be crushed by one more financial hit. And we feel guilty before God because we never get a chance to give. Maybe our financial position is good, good financial shape. Uh, we're not, a, not in consumer debt. If we, only, if we have a debt, it's maybe a house that's a pre, an appreciating asset. Um, we're doing okay all around financially. Um, 
but we find ourselves challenged. It's, we're in good financial state personally, but we find ourselves challenged every time someone does a message on we are stewards, not owners, or we can invest in the kingdom of God. We, 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 we are, in the world's eyes, in good financial shape. We're not stressed. We're taking care of ourselves. We've created a security with our finances. We're happy with that. But there's a niggling feeling every time we're invited to participate in God's plans that we go, oh. And the fourth space is a God-honouring lifestyle. In the moments of reflection on how we live regarding our wealth, we go, wow, um, it's well with my soul. And I partner with God in a wonderful way. And this is fantastic. And I can hear God's words, well done, good and faithful servant. This partnership is formed with God to bless the world that he's created and the people that he's created. We look at these four spiritual principles we've been exploring from God's word and we can say, I'm a passionate follower of Jesus Christ and strong in Christ in this space. I've mentioned Matthew 6 a few times. Let me read it to you. Do not store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. When your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will, you will hate one, love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, to, and food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to, them, to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why have you so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I want to grab this passage because it's one of my favourites on, on, on dealing with the material resources we have in our life. It's filled with faith and trust and, and contentment and joy. But it's also filled, this, this principle of simplicity sits in there. And let me share with you, simplicity, this, this spiritual principle we apply to spending, is a beautiful place to be. It actually protects our planet. It actually, it actually empowers our contentment. But let me give you a few principles. Simpl and then contentment's the first one. Simplicity brings contentment. 
Back to the words in the in this passage. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable than to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? The whole essence of that is contentment. Well, contentment is about determining your true needs versus what culture says we need. To contentment is that I trust God will look after me. If he looks after the birds in the field, he'll look after me. Contentment is that God will, will take away our worries. A life of faith. Simplicity stops us. Half trusting God. It's a spiritual discipline or a spiritual principle that stops us half trusting God and, and, and saying, I'll secure my own future. Simplicity is saying, it's saying, I'm going to live a simple life. I'm not going to spend all I get or I'm not going to hoard all I have to, 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 to create my good life. My good life, my content life. Is not going to be built on the things I consume or the, the savings I've, I've set aside as a security blanket. It's going to be, my contentment's going to found, be found in God, providing for all my needs as I faithfully follow him. There's a simplicity to that. Simplicity brings perspective. There's a really strange little part of that passage, I'm going to read it to you again, where suddenly we're talking about finances and money and we're talking about not worrying and we're talking about the birds of the field. And then in the middle of it, it says this, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if light you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Simplicity is actually about... Uh, I was trying to think, how do I explain this? Well, basically, simplicity is actually about making sure that our, our eye or what catches our eye doesn't consume us. In other words, you know, simplicity stops us when, when we, oh, there's a new TV, there's a new car, or there's the new next thing, or there's an upgrade, or there's this. It catches our eye and we, we're drawn to it and we get caught in it. And we go, simplicity says, stop upgrading. Simplicity says, use what you have. Simplicity says, don't get caught in the more, more, more. Learn the word enough. And the first, way, the, the best way to do this is, is, is making sure that our eyes, the lamp to our body, doesn't get seduced by what the world tells us to seduce. There's a billion dollar industry that's telling us you need more. And there's a, a history, a history from God, from the beginning of creation saying, I will provide for all your needs. Eat from this tree. Don't eat from that tree. Don't be seduced. Eat from this tree, says to Adam and Eve, and continues that journey with us. Don't let, the fruit was good to the eye. Adam and Eve go there. Don't get seduced by the things that we see, that the seductions that come. Let's find our contentment in God and simply trust him and learn the word enough. Simplicity avoids waste. I said it takes care of the planet. Don't store up your treasures like on here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will be also. When you have simplicity, you tend to wear things out. You don't go for the upgrade all the time. 
You don't store up things. Life is not about accumulation. Simplicity is a beautiful gift. Paul, possible, Paul talks about, I am content whether I have plenty or whether I have, I have none. It's not about, simplicity isn't about, I know some of the wealthiest people who live simple lives. You wouldn't even know they have their wealth, but they use their wealth for different things, for different purposes. I have an amazing mentor who's blessed so many people and God just keeps using him as a funnel to bless and bless and bless and bless. But he lives simply. You couldn't tell. He lives simply. I heard of a, there's a group called Mobile Missions Maintenance and I heard of a, of a family that um, had this principle of decluttering every 12 months. So basically every 12 months they, they say, if I haven't used it, I get rid of it. Now that's something I, I did not grow up with because um, my dad was a, he, he was a tradie and I was a tradie and there was always a use for something. There was always a use for something. And so, so unfortunately, sometimes that can, can carry over into life and we just hold on to things and hold on to things and hold on to things. And the more possessions we have, the more the, the possessions possess us. I need to build bigger houses. I need more sheds. I need, I need more. I need more stuff to store the more stuff because, and then this, and life becomes more complex. Simplicity is an answer to that. Simplicity actively fights the kingdoms that seek to bind us. No one can serve two masters, it says. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. There are, the world is one of those enemies that presses us to conformity. You need that upgrade. You need that new phone. You need this. You need, you need that. Image is the world's language. The flesh or our own comfort presses us um, with desiring things that that I want this, I want that, I want, I want, I want, I want. The, the language, image is the world's language, comfort is the, is, is the flesh's language. And the devil, the devil is deceptive. If it says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, the, the temptations of the devil to say you need more, you need more, you need more. You can find your own security and money if you get more. It's a seductive path and it moves us away from God. Um, they say driving under the influence is not good. And we know it's not good, driving under the influence of alcohol. Spending under the influence is not good. Spending under the influence of the world, the devil, the flesh is not good. Simplicity is God's language. Contentment is God's language. And let's apply that to everything we spend. You watch how, and then it says, so drive responsibly. So I say, so spend responsibly. I started off, and I want to put a chart up for you to look. I wanted to, I started off by talking about the 10, 10s, 40s, 40s, and you've heard me talk about these percentages throughout these messages. But I want to put a chart up just to finish off our series. And this chart I found really helpful. I love that the Bible teaches so much. I love that the Bible has percentages. Um, keep a fifth of the grain from the good years and all this sort of, I love that. I love it. And maybe that's just me, the pragmatic part of me. But have a chat, have a look at this chart. If 
you can see it on the screen. You know, there's a cultural order which basically says lifestyle or spending is your biggest priority. Um, it's okay to get into debt instead of setting aside. And then, then setting aside if you get the chance of saving and, and then give is the last thing that you do when you feel like it or something you, you like to, you think, oh, I'll give to that. The God-honouring way is you start with the giving, the sacrifice, then the setting aside, and then good debt. Good debt is, a, is uh, an appreciating asset, like you might have a mortgage. And lifestyle is last. Spending is last. It's a hard jump from the cultural order to the God-honouring order. But there's something transitional which I found really helpful. Give something. Give a percentage. Start with a percentage. Save a little. Set aside a little. Just a percentage. And then maximise the repayment if you've got debts that are out of control. And live a Spartan or really simple life. That's a way to transition, a practical way to transition from a cultural order, which God kind of says, consume all you have, live for the day, or take care of yourself, to a God-honouring order, which we see ourselves as a steward. I hope that chart was helpful for you. Um, it's, it's, it's not rules, it's just practical guidelines. And I actually, most people who I've met who when they looked at their income and they've looked and they've gone, well, I've lived out this income, this, this balance of my income, have actually find themselves living really God-honouring lives and God really blessing them in that journey. I hope this series has been really, really good for you. I hope, I guess what we didn't want is you come to church and all you hear is a message about giving. I wanted everybody to hear that the Bible's got so much more to say than that. And these four spiritual principles, which I will go over them again. Stewardship is the spiritual principle to ownership. Sacrifice is the spiritual principle to giving. Simplicity is the spiritual, spiritual principle to spending. And setting aside is the spiritual principle of savings. Apply those to your life, these biblical principles. And I just, I just, I think you just have testimony and story of beautiful partnerships with our Lord Jesus Christ that impacts the world and invests in eternal ramifications. Lord, I just pray that we honour you with every part of our being, including our money. And I pray that this series has been a blessing. And I pray that this series actually has been really empowering. And I pray that your kingdom benefits because of it. I thank you that everything we have comes from you. Everything we have comes from you. And that you are the great provider. Thank you that you can move us past places of anxiety and struggle with our finances to places of contentment and the ability to bless others. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for doing Reviving Our Finances. We'll get on to the next Revive message real soon. See you later.